worship and give thanks unto the Lord. Amen. There is a popular song by Jesus Culture. It's called, I'm Not Afraid. And the song says, when I walk through the waters, I won't be overcome. When I go through the rivers, I will not be drowned. For my God will make a way, so I am not afraid. It says, when I stand before the giant, declaring victory, my God will make a way, so I am not afraid. And then the song goes on to say, before me, behind me. God, you're always, you're always beside me. There's no shadow, there's no valley, mighty God, where you won't find me. No, I am not afraid, hallelujah. There is no sickness that is greater than our God. There is no virus that is stronger than our God. There is nothing going on in the world around us today that has come as a surprise to our God, amen. I've come to encourage someone today to trust in God. Trust in his word, like pastor said last Sunday. He said, whose report are you gonna believe? Today, I choose to believe the report of the Lord. Wherever you are today, why don't you just clap your hands and lift your voice. God, you've been so good to us, God. And we claim victory over this sickness, oh God. We claim victory in these services here today, Lord. And we praise you for it today. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. I feel the presence of the Lord where I'm at, and I know you feel the presence of the Lord wherever you're at. And we're going to have a great time in the Holy Ghost today. Let's clap our hands again to Jesus. Let's praise Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I'm going to have to be honest. I don't know all the technical jargon and lingo and all of that about how live stream works. But it occurred to me just a moment ago, I think probably the way live stream works when we went on live this morning for you to be able to see from your living room or wherever you're at today, that uh, there were some signals going to towers all around, not just this area, but across the, the country. I don't know if it goes to satellites or not, but I know it goes to from one tower to the next to the next. However it works, I don't understand it. But this is what occurred to me. The Bible said that the devil is a prince and, a prince and principality of the air. And right now, all across this country, live stream is exploding all throughout our atmosphere today. And I believe the devil's kingdom is, getting, is just getting destroyed and shredded today by the preaching of the Word of God, by the singing, by the worship. So it's not just what's happening in your living room today. I believe there's barriers coming down in the devil's kingdom, and God is preparing our world, our country, for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost like we've not seen. I believe in the power of God here today, and this is not in vain, but God is going to have His way. Let's clap our hands again to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Now, I know you're probably feeling a little bit strange sitting in your living room today. And I actually hope you're standing because of the worship uh, and the singing that you just heard. But um, uh, we're going to have a great time. And the Spirit of the Lord is going to work in a mighty way. I'm going to ask to uh, have a, a picture put on the screen today for all of you to see. This is one of our sweet church families, Tens Grace Church, and uh, we're going to put this on the screen for you to see. And they said, texted this morning, said, I've prepared the house as if you and Jesus were actually coming over. Floors mopped, shelves dusted, tablecloths washed and ironed, chairs and TV screen clean. I have decorated for many parties and holidays. I've hosted dinners with friends, family, and have attended both. I've dressed fancy for these occasions, and so we will dress our best for church today. It's my honor to give Jesus my best steal. This is not fancy. I borrowed chairs, and I'm using one of the church's tablecloths to cover my altar, pulpit, TV stand, partially booked, uh, busted bookshelf from the kids' room. I only wish I could do more, but I know Jesus will be here with us. Have faith. I think this is amazing, and I want to applaud this person here at Grace Church for giving her living room to the Lord Jesus Christ today and for the purpose of his kingdom. And I'm confident today that there's scores of people all across this area that are doing the exact same thing. And I want to say today, let's have a move of God, what do you say? Let's have a move of God, what do you say? Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. We want to prepare... Uh, to give today. I told you this week in the video we sent out that we're going to pick up an offering this morning. And we are. So while you're preparing to give, you'll see on the screen the different ways that you can give. And uh, while you're preparing to do that, 
don't end out of live stream. Maybe you can use someone else's iPhone, iPad, computer, something else that you have at your house. Uh, but I want to make a few announcements while we're picking up the offering today. Uh, of course, the uh, She's for Christ spaghetti dinner has been postponed, not canceled, but postponed. And um, uh, Tuesday, uh, this coming Tuesday morning at 9 a.m., we're going to have prayer. And uh, if there's more than 10 that shows up, uh, then we're going to ask that 10 remain here in the auditorium. Maybe the others can go to the A Center or another room in the church. We won't abide by what our government is asking us to do, but we need to pray. If there's anything we need to do, folks, we need to pray. So remember that for Tuesday morning. And then Wednesday night, we'll be back here with you uh, via live stream, uh, Lord willing. But I want to ask you to do something else tomorrow night. We have sent out our weekly email, and we're asking everybody to pray in your home for United Family Prayer Time at your house tomorrow night. But I want to change the time of it, and I'll tell you why. God spoke to Solomon in the Old Testament in 2 Chronicles 7:14. He said, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. I'm borrowing this idea from Chris Hodges, pastors at Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, but he's asking people, Christian people across the country to pray in your home tomorrow night at 7:14 in honor of 2 Chronicles 714. Uh, so I'm going to ask you to do the same. We had originally announced this for 8 o'clock, but we're going to bind together with Christian people across this country. And at 714 tomorrow night in your home, I'm going to ask you to gather your family into your living room or wherever you choose to do this and spend a, a season of time in prayer, calling out to God to heal our land, not just of the coronavirus, not just that. We're going to ask God to heal our land and pour out revival in America like we've never seen, that it may spread around the world. So if you'll do this, uh, I believe God hears and answers prayer, and we're going to see a mighty move of God. Thank the Lord. Continue to worship. Have you broke the ice yet? Are you comfortable to clap your hands in your living room? Are you comfortable to lift your hands in your living room? If you're not, you will be by the time this service is over. Let's worship the Lord together as the praise team comes.
today, we encourage you to worship Him today. Hallelujah.
Everybody exalt the name of Jesus today. Everybody praise him. Can we take a moment to love Jesus today, everybody? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's an awesome presence of the Lord moving today. If you'll entertain his presence, God can move in your life right now. He can move in your heart right now. He can minister to your needs right now. If you'll let him have his way, hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord right now. Let's praise him again. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to thank everybody for watching. I just received a text from somebody that said I must have tried to log in a little bit late to get a message that said we're at capacity with people watching live stream today. I apologize for that and we're going to be making adjustments as soon as possible to be able to accommodate as many people as we possibly can watching our service today. But uh, if, if you folks are that are watching or getting texts from somebody that says I can't log in, I've been instructed to tell you to tell them to try uh, Facebook Live and uh, that they should be able to access the service from Facebook Live. But I want to thank you all for watching. And the Holy Ghost has already ministered today, but we're not done. Uh, not by a long shot. I believe we're going to see some great things happen. I'm kind of looking forward to tomorrow, to be honest, because I believe testimonies are going to start rolling in. It says, oh my, Pastor, God did this in my home. God did that in my home. God healed my spouse. God touched my child. And I believe we're going to very soon see a healing in our country. I really believe that in Jesus' name. I want to call your attention to the Word of God today. And if you'll stand with me in honor to the Word of God, I want to read from Psalm 119, and I'll begin with verse 105. Psalm 119, 105. The psalmist said, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn... And I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Except I beseech thee the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I, spoke, have I taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. The message translation of the Bible says, by your words, I can see where I am going. They throw a beam of light. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. I want to speak to you for a little while from the word of the Lord. A beam of light for a path of darkness. A beam of light for a path of darkness. And everybody said, thank the Lord for the word. God bless you and you may be seated. <clears throat> I have learned that the book of Psalms 
is the most quoted book in the New Testament, followed by Isaiah and then Deuteronomy. Oh, the power of the word of God in the believer's life. You can literally unleash God's power one verse at a time if you're willing to pay the price and get into it. Consider the scope of scripture that is expressed in Psalm 19. The Bible said the law of the Lord or the word of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and shall, have, shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I have found myself drawn this morning to the command that Paul wrote to Timothy when he said, preach the word. I can assure you that I have never wanted to preach the word more then I want to do it right now. Somehow, I want the word firmly in your heart and mind, especially in times like these. I want to assure all of you that there's still power in the word of God. Preachers have preached it and churches have received by it. It has been scattered about the world and the world has experienced its illumination. The Bible gives light to pulpits, making them a fortress of truth. It draws men with conviction to tear-soaked altars of repentance. And it will help you and your family as you face the reality of this coronavirus that has left you lonely and separated from family and friends. The psalmist said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. I want to tell all of you today, the Bible is our book. The Bible is our book. It is a book that is written to the church and despite its great distractors from the world, it will never, it will never pass away. If you do not have a love for scripture, I would seriously question whether a true conversion has taken place in your life. The man who discovers the light for the dark path is a man who will find his way no matter how thick and no matter how black the darkness may be around him. From Psalm 119, we can note that the Bible can guide us, the Bible can guard us, and the Bible can give us heart. Oh, yes, it can. The picture that the psalmist is painting is one from the Bible days. Those who were traveling at night would have shoes designed in such a way that lamps could be attached to their feet. Because of this, their steps were guided by the lamp and their path was brightened by the light. The word tells us 
us where we are. And the Bible also tells us where we're going. Peter recorded in his epistle, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto do you well that you take heed as a unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. The Bible does not give us the ability to see how all the details in our lives will be worked out, but it does show us what happens to those who follow the path of God, of the godly and the righteous. If our entire way was unfolded, we would be too terrified to walk along the tall mountain peaks and we'd be very depressed about the valleys that we would go through. The Bible is a lamp to our feet and it is a light to our path. God's greatest men have demonstrated this in the past. God always began. God always begins in such a way that gradually heightens in the level of commitment that we live out. For example, God asked Abraham to give up his father and Lot long before he asked him to give up Isaac. God asked Moses to pull off his shoes before he told him to go and to deal with Pharaoh. God asked Joshua to walk with Moses long before he told him to go alone after Moses' death. God asked David to take care of bears and lions before he could kill the giant. God guides our feet, meaning that we only take one step at a time instead of traveling many miles at a time in our walk with God. Notice the verse in Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 25. It spoke to me this past week. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass. In other words, nothing in your pathway will be able to pierce your shoes to uh, bring harm and hurt to your feet. The Bible said, thy shoes shall be iron and brass. And as thy days, so shall thy strength be. In other words, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, the word of God and God's spirit will provide for you strength for that day. So for those of you that may be entertaining the thought that I don't know how I'm going to get through this, I don't know how I'm going to make it being separated from family and friends and even from gathering in my church, I want to tell you how you're going to make it. If you'll pick up the word of God and begin to read it and begin to ingest it, there's a strength there. There's a power there. There's an anointing there. And the Bible said, no matter what your day is, God will give you the strength to endure it. The psalmist said in a similar vein, in 138 verse 3, he said, in the day, in the day when I cried, you answered me and strengthened me with strength in my soul. The psalmist said that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. It's one day at a time. It's one step at a time. It's the words of Jesus that said, give us this day our daily bread. One man said the steps and stops of a good man are ordered of the Lord. 
I read to you a few moments ago, the psalmist said, I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. I'm asking God to step into your house today, into your life, into your heart, into your mind, and quicken you and assure you that your faith is real, that your Holy Ghost is real, to assure you that the power of this word is real. I want to rise and say today, there's nothing in this world that has yet to been able to withstand the word and power and courage and strength of the word of God and it won't fail now. Jesus said my word is forever settled in heaven and nothing, nothing will be able to take away the power of the word of God. It's a light to your feet and it's a lamp to your path. I'll have you notice today that affliction comes from the outside. Just a quick reading through Psalm 119. It gives us the understanding that the writer has a very active dislike of some very powerful and influential enemies. I want to say in passing today that none of us are liking what's happening right now. None of us are happy. Whether you like it or not, here we are, right? But none of us are real happy about it and some even dispute the necessity of it. But I want to submit to you today by the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost that God's going to turn the table on this and what the devil means for evil. God's going to turn around and make it for good. But I want you to understand that if this affliction comes from the outside, just a quick reading through Psalm 119 gives us the understanding that the writer has a very active dislike of some very powerful and influential enemies. He said in verse 23, princes also did sit and speak against me. In verse 51, the proud have had, have had me greatly in derision. In verse 53, horror hath taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake thy law. He went on to say the bands of the wicked have robbed me. He said the proud have, for, have forged a lie against me. He said the proud be, let the proud be ashamed for they dealt perversely with me without a cause. The proud have digged pits for me. The wicked have laid a snare for me. Deliver me from the oppression of man, he said. Many are my persecutors and mine enemies. Princes have persecuted me without a cause. Then we note the words, quicken me in verse 107, meaning revive me, O God, and bring life into me and help me. Affliction comes from the outside and depression from the inside. But the word of God, the word of God brings great hope and comfort to those that read it, to those who ingest it, to those who digest it, to those who hide it deep in their heart. The word, the Bible said, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word of God has the unique ability to deal with anxiety. It has the ability to deal with guilt and depression. It can destroy our fears. And with all of the other negative feelings that try to torture us on the inside, it's just a matter of learning how to use the word of God to your advantage. You must put your trust in the Lord and in his word. I'm not asking you today, I'm not calling on you today to do something that I haven't done. I'll confess to you that this past Monday, when the word came out that uh, we could not gather more than 10 people, it smote my heart 
and I had some very strong and serious feelings and thoughts in my mind. I felt for a moment that what we've worked so hard for the past 26, 27 years to build, it seems as though it's slipping out of our hands in just a moment of time. All day Monday I wrestled. It was one of the most difficult times I've had in my life. It was more difficult than the flood several years ago. It was more difficult than any time I can remember in my recent past. I'm thinking, oh God, what are we going to do? Is our church going to survive it? Are the churches across town going to survive it? Are the churches across our nation going to survive it? Is somehow the devil is going to win this once and for all? But about 7.30 Monday night, I can't describe what happened to me. I was sitting in one of our chairs in my living room. My thought particularly wasn't in any particular direction, only that, what are we going to do? And no answers were seemingly coming. And all of a sudden, in a split second, and just a single moment of time, it was like 10,000 pounds was lifted off of my heart and out of my mind. My brain became clear thinking, and it seems like God spoke to me. I feel like he did and said, don't be afraid to actually do what we're doing right now. He encouraged me to go to the pulpit and preach like I've never preached before. There may be a 350 plus chair sitting in front of me that are all empty. It may be an empty parking lot outside, but I've just come to learn that there's probably more people watching right now than would have been in attendance today. And so I'm going to rise and tell you that there's still a God. His name is Jesus and he has power over this world and over the enemy and we're not going going to be beset but somehow the church is going to survive and we'll come out of this better than we were before. Let's clap our hands to the Lord today. Oh God I feel the Holy Ghost. The psalmist's heart was in his mouth because of the danger being snared by his enemies. It seemed as if traps were all about him. Our attention turns to David in this instance. Saul had laid a trap for him by offering his daughter Merib, the eldest, as his wife. David had fulfilled the condition of killing Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. So now the snare becomes clear to David that he's being tested to see if he is a man with only political ambition to make sure his motives were right or wrong. Saul is clearly looking to see if Merib is going to be his avenue, his opportunity to be a snare to David. But David is careful and pleased with Saul. He said, but I am a nobody and unfit to gain such an honor as to be a son-in-law to the king. So Saul allows Merib to marry someone else. But waiting in the wings, the snares never quit. The snares never Cease to beset us. Waiting in the wings was another younger daughter of Saul, Michael, who fell in love with David. Saul gave his consent, but in doing so, he said, I will give him her that she may be a snare to him. I'll stop here for a moment in passing. 
and say you'll remember the time in the scripture when David finally brought the Ark of Covenant back into Jerusalem. He danced with all of his might and his wife Michael attempted to be a snare to him and the Bible said she despised him in her heart. She, he, she attempted to be a snare to accommodate the wishes of her evil father but David danced anyway. He praised anyway. He worshiped anyway and I would encourage somebody in your living room right now. Why don't you stand to your feet? Why don't you have a little courage and a little boldness and raise your hands or clap your hands and praise the Lord for a moment because God is with us now and this this virus may be a snare to beset us but it won't work unless we allow it to happen. Come on somebody, let's praise him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, dance anyway, praise anyway, worship anyway, because God is in the house. You know what kept David through this time? He had the word in his heart. David did not err from the precepts of the Lord. And he was preserved numerous times from the snares that were laid by King Saul. If you know the word of the Lord, it can keep you from wrongdoing. It can keep your attitude from going in the wrong direction. It can keep you positive. It can keep you focused. I may say this another time or two before this message is over with, but why don't you turn off the television for a little while and start reading this book for a little while and let God assure you and comfort you with his promise and with his power that he is going to get you through this. The devil hates those who are godly and is constantly trying to lay snares to destroy them, yet the reality of it is that he will use people to accomplish his task. Notice Haman in the Old Testament laid a snare to destroy Esther and her people. Herod laid a snare in the New Testament to try to kill the baby Jesus. Temptations are snares. Backslidings are snares. Cunning craftiness in every wind of doctrine are snares. The counsel of the ungodly is a snare. The seed of the scornful is a snare. But I submit to you today, choose not to err from the precepts the word of God you keep living it you keep obeying it you keep doing it you let it work in your life you let God have his way and see what happens see what happens see what happens if you don't believe it works ask Daniel in the den of lions ask the three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace choose not to err from the precepts of the word of God when it seems like We're almost down to our last straw of hope. Consider the prayer of the Lord that was not just for Peter, but for all of those who are called by the Lord. In Luke 22, Jesus said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. I want somebody to know right now 
Perhaps Jesus wept and cried all night for you and your family. I'm not just throwing out sensation. God set a precedent with Simon Peter that when people are losing their way and when there's more affliction on the outside and when there's more depression on the inside, God has a way of intervening. Yes, he does. And he spoke to Simon Peter. And I believe with all of my heart that he spoke to the ages following Simon Peter that when the devil tries to sift you, when the devil tries, when the devil tries to to uh, circumvent your faith and to take your hope and your comfort away. The Bible said in the Old Testament, when the enemy comes in like a flood, I feel the Holy Ghost. This isn't the first time that something has come against our world and our country. This isn't the first time that something has come against our church. Not just our church, but every church in this nation and around the world. But I want to assure you today that there's preachers and pastors, evangelists and missionaries. There's church planners. There's people all over the world in a living room, in a pulpit with an empty church setting in front of them that are doing the same identical thing that I've done it at different times zones some of them are finished by now and other time zones are still waiting for their turn as we were just a little while ago I can assure you today that the Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm we're not down and out the Bible said rejoice not against me oh my enemy for when I fall I'll rise again somebody let the Lord have his way oh God I have my phone up here just in case we need to communicate with the back. Somebody just texted and said, Amen, Pastor, turn the TV off. Pick up the Word of God and see what it does. There was no other way for us to have known that Jesus was praying for us except through this seemingly strange conversation between Jesus and Peter which is in the Bible, it's light for dark paths. God knows where you are. God knows where you are. In conclusion today, and to be honest with you, believe it or not, and I'm being totally honest, it feels like I've only been preaching here for about five minutes and now my time's up. I'm kind of liking this to be to, to be honest. We may be setting a new precedent. Who knows? I don't think so. Don't get worried, but I'm having a great time. But in conclusion today, the psalmist said, Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. One of the most priceless treasures I have is my Bible. As a matter of fact, I have a bunch of them. It's a priceless treasure. As a matter of fact, I have my daddy's Bible. I have my mother's Bible. I even have our old family Bible that used to sit on our coffee table when I was a kid. I remember at age of about five, six years old, sitting on the floor, scribbling on the pages of that Bible. That scribble is still there. 
but it is a priceless treasure. A heritage is something that you have inherited. And the word of God has been passed down through history to our hands today. Yet the Bible only yields its treasures under certain conditions. It don't benefit you sitting on your nightstand. It don't really help you that much sitting on your coffee table or the end table by your sofa. The only way the Bible is really going to be a benefit to you is when you break it open and start reading from these amazing pages of over 7,000, almost 7,000 promises given from God to man. It's a Bible. It's a book that works. It may be as old as you care to think it's old, but it's still powerful. It still works, and it still comforts. Let me share with you this story in conclusion. The Bible only yields its treasures under certain conditions. There was a man who once lived who had three sons. Three, these three sons believed their father was very wealthy because he was so secretive about it. They secretly longed for the time when he would die and the great inheritance would be passed on to them. The problem with his sons was their leanings towards laziness. One day the old man got sick and the doctors confirmed that his time for this world was not long. The three boys gathered around their father hoping that they might express the amount of his perceived wealth. So on that day, he told the boys that the secret to his wealth was found in a vast vineyard. The boys left there and began digging, hoping to find a buried box of treasure. They toiled for months, being very careful not to damage the vines. In the course of time, they dug over every inch of that huge vineyard and did not find a thing. But that fall, but that fall, their vineyard produced the finest crop of grapes on record. It was only then that the boys realized what their wise father had done. He had forced them to stop loafing and instead cultivate the vineyard. The secret of his wealth was the vines. And when they were properly taken care of, they would make the sons wealthy as well. Our heritage, the word of God, is even more priceless. But it'll never work. It'll never yield its wealth without our work. Pick up your Bible. Close the newspaper. Turn off the radio and the television set. And start reading from this amazing book. I've done it all this week. And I've read amazing stories in the Bible where the people of God, one was in 1 Samuel, where the people of God were surrounded by a horrible enemy that wanted to take them into bondage and take away all their possession. Sisera told one of the leaders of Israel, he said, we'll leave you with your possessions and your homes, but you have to let us gouge out one of your eyes of everybody in Israel. It beset him. He felt trapped in. He felt ambushed. He felt like there was no way out. They approached their newly appointed king, Saul, and he rallied the troops and came and defeated that enemy. And I believe God's rallying his troops right now. If you'll take up this word of God and read it, you'll find the same 
to be true in your life. Our heritage, the Word of God is even more priceless. And it will never yield its wealth to us without work. If we're willing to work at it, the Bible will load your life with spiritual wealth that is beyond this world. In conclusion today, I want to show you a picture. You'll see on your screen a Bible that is torn up. It's tattered. I doubt very seriously if you brought this to a Christian bookstore and put it on their shelf that it would sell for anything. This Bible belongs to Brother Dave Bunch. Those of you that know him and his family know their story. While they were in Memphis several years ago with their son recovering, miraculous recovery from leukemia, their home here in this area was flooded. This Bible was a part of that flood. As a matter of fact, believe it or not, this Bible made it through that flood. Its pages may be all wrinkled. Maybe some of the ink markings in it are smeared. You can see that the pages are torn. But this Bible contains no less power than this one because it is still the amazing Word of God. This Bible literally made it through a flood. It still has the verse in it where Jesus told Simon, I prayed for you that your faith fell. It still has the verse in it that says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It still has the words in it that says, The angels encamp round about them that love the Lord. It's full of His promise. None of that has been diminished. None of that has been taken away. In my opinion, this Bible, if anything, is more powerful because it made it through a flood. The flood that destroyed virtually everything that was in David Ferris home. This Bible was left standing. I asked one Dave one time if I could borrow it. I just wanted to leave through the pages. He said, Pastor, that Bible went through the flood and it smells so bad. It just has that horrible odor of floodwaters and all that was in the floodwaters and it may not even be safe to handle. Even if that is still the Word of God. I want to comfort somebody here today. Yes, you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. You have the Spirit of God on the inside of you, but you have something else. Jesus said, my word is forever settled in heaven. Jesus said that I will build my church at the gates of hell, and hell will not prevail against it. So you take hope, child of God. You take hope in your moment of discouragement and depression and sadness. When you're lonely and when you've been separated from family and friends, you hear pastor today, you still have a companion. You have a companion that's more powerful and more encouraging than your friends and family. You have a companion that can make a promise to you that can't be broken. You have a companion that that promise made can never be taken away. It can never be stopped. And it's what's found in this book. You know why I'm here today preaching to you? It's because I'm standing on this book. And don't you think for a moment that the power of God is any less in your living room right now than it would be though you were standing right now in Grace Church. 
So wherever you are, and no matter how awkward it may feel, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Throw your hands in the air and begin to worship God and thank Him for your heritage. Every sermon you've heard, every Bible study you've heard taught, every Sunday school class, every song you've heard sung, it's now coming to life. You know why? Because the Word of God is quickening it to you. It's causing a revival to come to you right now. I understand it's been a long week and it's been hard. It's been discouraging to go to the grocery store and there's nothing there. But let me assure you of what still is there. This book is still there. It's still in your possession. This is my book. It's your book. It's our book. And I'm going to cling to the promise of God. God is going to give us the victory. Would you praise Him? Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Lay your hand on someone's shoulder today. Take them by the hand, whatever's comfortable, whatever's appropriate. Let the tears spring. Let your heart be open. Let your mind be open to what you just said. Receive it, I say, in the name of Jesus.
we held a service very similar to this one. It was a Sunday after the flood, and we went to the camera again. Our amazing folks showed up and helped us get a church service out to you. If I remember right, we had about 28 people that left the devastation of their homes. What clothes they could get to and access, they put those on and they drove out to Grace Church. God met us that day. And as gloomy and dark as that time seemed and as hopeless as it seemed, you'll remember driving up and down the streets it looked like we were in a war zone. People's life savings, their, their life possessions brought out to the curb of the street to be picked up to the tra- by the tracks as though it were nothing. Things had worked far for years. I sat in the living room this week of one of our church families. Probably shouldn't have gone, but I wanted to. Just wanted to see them. I wanted to see their house. I commented to them the last time I was there there was no sheetrock in that house. There was nothing on the floor. There was no furniture the last time I was there. But when I went this past Thursday, I believe it was, the house had been beautifully put back together. Beautiful home. Serving their needs. As a matter of fact, it was better. It's better now than it was prior to the flood. And as I thought about that in preparation of today, God's going to do that to the church. I believe He's going to do the same thing to our country. We'll look back and remember this Sunday when no one could and when it looked bleak and dark and when the grocery store shelves were bare and we hardly knew what to tell our kids and we were frustrated and exasperated, we'll look back on this day and we'll, uh, we will hail the mighty power of God because now he's brought us through another storm, another flood, another moment of despair, another dark hour. We're still here. And Lord willing, we'll be here next Sunday and the Sunday after that to proclaim the glory of Almighty God today. Would you praise Him again? Sing one more time. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord.